a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the Restricted Section, a Harry Potter slander, Harry Potter book club podcast where we just be like, yikes, a lot. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 33, Fight and Flight. In this chapter, Hermione is leading Harry and Umbridge deep into the Forbidden Forest claiming that she's going to show Umbridge the weapon they've been building for Dumbledore. But she's really just trying to like lead them directly into danger. That's like the main goal right now is to enter danger. And the centaurs roll up and they're like, fuck you guys. I thought we told you to stay out of our fucking forest. And then Umbridge is like, I'm a bitch and I say racist shit, even against all logic. Some bitches are just willing to run their mouths like that. So then she gets carried off by the centaurs. And then the centaurs are like, fuck you, kids. We've told you specifically also not to come into our forest. And then they're like, wait, but we don't kill babies. And then they're like, wait, but I'll kill babies. But then Grop comes through the trees and like the centaurs scatter and Harry and Hermione run for their lives. And then they find Neville, Ginny, Luna, Ron, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone who have escaped their vines. And then they're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to ride some fucking Thestrals to the Ministry of Magic in London. Let's go. Welcome to the restricted section. We are just making this up as we go. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is the beautiful, delightful, brilliant Mary Payton. Say hello to the listeners, Mary Payton. Hello, listeners. And I'm really excited because we have a new special guest today. Our special guest is Robert, co-host of Entering Storybrooke, and that's the sitch. Say hello to the listeners, Robert. Hello, listeners. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm so glad you're here. I'm also so glad to be here. <laughs> um, before we go any further, what are your pronouns? They, them. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about your Harry Potter history. When did you read the books? When did you watch the movies? What's the what's the sitch? Oh, um, let's see. For me, it was my older sister who was more into the books than I was. But I liked hanging out with her and I wanted to go see the movies with her. And she's like, OK. And and I think like by the time the fifth movie was coming out, she's like, OK, I'll take you to the fifth movie. But first, you need to read the first five books at least. Oh my good God. Sister. Good sister. Yeah. And I'm like, deal. And so I breezed through the first four. Order of the Phoenix took me the longest to get through. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we watched the movies. And that was a good time. And, you know, the, the good old days. Uh, and then, and then uh, I unfortunately, or not maybe fortunately, did branch off. And I'm like, time to find my no, own that's way. That's a big fortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to find my own way. Yes. Like, Gabrielle I can't style. wait to get to find my own way in two years when this podcast is over. <laughs> You'll finally be that's free. Just, that's two short years. You got this. You're almost there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already planning for the end. 
<laughs> Our final episode comes out Christmas 2024. Amazing. That's not a real day. Christmas. It is a real day. 2024. That's not a real year. And I'm planning for it. Happy Christmas. Happy, Happy Christmas, Ron. Happy Christmas, Harry. I never want to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas, Harry. I got you this thoughtful gift, even though I'm struggling financially. What did oh. you get me? Uh, oh, I didn't. I don't know how to buy things. <laughs> I don't know how to buy. The only thing I know how to buy is the lot of the trolley. And that's it. <laughs> he really that's either he goes he just... big or does nothing. <laughs> yep, even, that is true. Even though it's only in the first book, I want to imagine every every year Harry's an asshole and just buys the entire cart and everyone's like, oh, Harry fucking Potter. <laughs> They're like, sorry, we're out of everything. Uh, we're out of everything. Harry Potter and Cabin One bought everything. The kids like, have to bring uh, their own snacks every year because they just know he's going to buy the whole thing. Why can't Voldemort fucking kill him? Wow. <laughs> no chocolate frogs, no nothing. <laughs> Okay, Robert, what Hogwarts house are you? Hufflepuff. If, oh, okay, cool. I was going to say, if I always forget to say, if you give a shit. Because <laughs> I don't think people should be required to give a shit. I mean, I kind of don't give a shit. I try not to interact with anything Harry Potter in like a broader sense. I, I want to be on this show and talk to y'all. I was going to say, you asked to come on this <laughs> show. Yes, yes. So. I, I wanted to be on the show and interact <laughs> with y'all and have a good time. But, like, I didn't buy the game. I no longer read the books or watch the movies. Uh, I, I just don't like, I don't want to support JK in any way. Yeah. Hell yeah. But the only reason I confidently say Hufflepuff, it's because it's a joke. It's an inside joke between my sister and I. We saw one of those, like, you know, you're a Hufflepuff when, like, parody joke videos a long time ago. And one of them was a guy saying... Uh, I can't properly digest lactose. I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm like, me. Me. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Cute. I've never heard that one personally, that I'm a Hufflepuff myself, but mm. I can I can digest lactose. Wow. What, it's what's the that one like? thing I'm better at than my husband. <laughs> what's that like, digesting lactose? <laughs> it's You just eat too much cheese all the time, and then you're like, why do I eat so much cheese? And that's it. Yeah. That's the cycle. And that's, that's it. it. People keep telling me about uh, lactate, lactate, yeah. whatever it's called. And I'm and they're like, yeah. it's, it's a magic pill. You, you, you take it before you eat cheese and dairy and shit and you won't die later. I'm like, I, I'll die later. I chose I'll my path. Die later. Um, it does work pretty well for Sean, those mm -hmm. pills. And then also he recently discovered, I think it's Cabot brand cheddar cheese does is not made with lactose. Huh. What's it made with? Interesting. I don't know how they do it, but there's some and there's some varieties of cheese that don't have lactose. Like, uh, oh, I don't want to give misinformation, but he was because I don't care because I'll eat any cheese. <laughs> but he was rattling them off to me. So they do exist low lactose cheeses. Yeah. The really funny thing is I actually this is the second time today I've heard that I'm I'm talking to someone I met through Bumble who's a cheese monger, I believe it's called. Cheesemonger? Yeah. Date the cheesemonger, Robert. <laughs> I mean, we won't be dating, but... Oh, my God. Romeo and Juliet. The lactose house and the non-lactose house. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just... It's funny. No, like, they're, they're they're doing... They're, like, studying for some, like, big cheese test that'll make them some kind of cheese grandmaster. I'm Whoa. like, you go. I guess it's like being a sommelier. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Except, you know, actually valid. Instead of pretending to know anything about wine. <laughs> That's funny that you said that because I've always 
not understood what sommeliers did, but thought there was value in it anyway. But I did recently learn that it's complete bullshit on a podcast this week. Um, hmm. What? Oh, it was the cult of fine wine on my podcast. Sounds like a cult that I, that's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, and yeah, they did the cult of fine wine and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I learned about that on, I forget what the name of the television show was, but they're like, yeah, what we did was we took a hundred wine connoisseurs, whatever they're called, uh, what, sommeliers, that's what Sommelier. sommeliers, we took a hundred of them and we were like, tell us the difference between this white wine and this red wine. And like all of them were like, oh, this white wine is, it's delicate, but soft with a little bit of an aftertaste or whatever. And this red wine, oh, it's very delicious. It was the same wine. One of them, like half of it was just dyed red. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. Isn't that like, um? isn't red velvet cake just like red chocolate cake? Yeah. But it, your brain is like different, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. different red. You just add red. I mean, if you want to go like old school, like Slavic roots, you just put some beets in there and it won't really taste like chocolate. It'll take kind of like beets. It'll be very red, but. I also learned in that episode that people who are trying to get into the fancy wine industry mm -hmm. will test their wines at Trader Joe's at a much lower price point. Hmm. Um, and then depending on how well it performs at Trader Joe's, they'll upcharge it and start selling it like at the vineyards. Mm. So you can sometimes get like what people intend to be extremely fancy wine for like six bucks at Trader Joe's. Hell and yeah. then you go back and it's not there anymore. That mm. just sort of reminds me how Indianapolis, Indiana is like the middle road for restaurants. If you have an idea for what you want to be a national restaurant, you should open it up in Indianapolis. And if it does, it does well there, it's going to do well everywhere else. Interesting. You mean like if you like to start chains yeah. like TGI Fridays yeah. and Applebee's yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, that's really hmm. interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so funny that <laughs> because Richmond, where I live, has mm. no chains. They, it would not perform. They would not perform here very mm. well. That's so that's interesting that there's another city out there that's like based on <laughs> like really middle of the road restaurants. Well, we're here today to talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, chapter 33, Fight and Flight. I keep wanting to read Fight or Flight. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, Robert, it's an and, not it's an or. It's both. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's both. It's transformative. This, it's this chapter, transcending. this chapter swings both ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I just fucking hate this book so much. I can't wait for it to be over. It's um, the this... most boring out of all the <laughs> Harry Potter books, and that's saying something. I, I, it, they're all kind of boring when you like take back and like look back from the nostalgia, and also when you do it week at a time. Yeah, and also maybe like kind of ignorantly ignore like the J.K. Rowling stuff. If you focus on the right. books themselves and you don't look yes. at it with a nostalgia, you're like, actually, this is kind of poorly written. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, in so many small ways, a lot of which I, we've explored already on this podcast, it's it's that when I was younger, I would read these through so fast mm -hmm. and hard yeah. that I didn't have time to sit and stew in the bullshit. Mm -hmm. if, something, if something was stupid, I'm already gone yeah. like i'm never gonna Zoom. think about you again yeah exactly yeah like the whole fucking grop chapter which is what we're looking at never the part back. that made me think that earlier is because i listened to the audiobook for this chapter and especially when all the kids are together in the forbidden forest i know mm -hmm. we'll get there but like especially yeah. when they're all there so it's a lot of dialogue and she has to say mm -hmm. the she does she does the hermione said happily 
Ron said no, angrily. No, we have to get there. No, wait it's, for it. It's but the when you're thing. reading, my point is like it's when you're awful. reading it, like visually, especially when you're an adult now, you just like skim over that. Like the adverbs you don't even register to you. But then when you're listening but, to someone read it, it is so hard to ignore. It's like, why are you saying this? I remember one, one of them is like, hurry up, come on, Hermione said impatiently. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Robert, for your information, Mary Peyton and I work together. We're both book editors. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so hard to read. And so, like, what I would comment as an editor, if this were a book I was editing, is I would delete the word impatiently. I would highlight it. And I would say her dialogue is demonstrating that she is impatient. We do not have to also say she is doing so mm-hmm. impatiently. But that would that, that would take effort. <laughs> the adjectives... The adjectives in these books. <laughs> no, no, the adverbs. Oh, my God. Maybe right. maybe J.K. Rowling isn't transphobic. Maybe the reason she has problems with, like, pronouns is because she doesn't understand the English language. <laughs> Don't understand language. No good. Too Mom, hard. Can't, I think you nailed can't it. Can't pivot. Yeah. We, Not we an have, expert. We've solved the mystery. She's pretending she to be mad about understand. it, but really she's just dumb about it. <laughs> She's she, just so dumb. She doesn't know pronouns, adjectives, mm-hmm. verbs. She doesn't know how to conjugate shit. Mm -mm. The fuck's a verb? The fuck's a verb? What the fuck is a (laughs) verb? I was going to ask if I can curse, but then I'm like, no, I I, I know the general vibe of the Deus Ex Media community. I will only, I only put the clean mouth filter on for other people's children under 10. Mm. Uh, so your kids are not safe, Mary Peyton. (laughs) They're fine with it. Literally, (laughs) Dusty called me out the other day and said, Mary, you just think things are funny if you just, your sense of humor is you just add a cuss word onto the end of it. And I was like, that's not true. I'm witty and smart. I don't just add. Were you like, that's not true, bitch. (laughs) But it is true. Like, ever since she said it, I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) that is my sense of humor. (laughs) So they get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. we're in, we're in media res right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. The last chapter and the next chapter are both so much more important than this chapter. <laughs> I mean, I would argue there are maybe like two important chapters in this book. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, hmm. Two important chapters. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this because I, I remember more fondly the older books for sure. When JK's they're more rompy. They're more rompy. When JK's not focusing on like interconnecting every single chapter and the plot. Yeah. I think that's where she's a lot stronger. Like I, I I told you that one of my favorite parts of the series at all is the part in Prisoner of Azkaban where Harry is living on Diagon Alley for like the rest of the summer and he's just oh, like yeah. he's having that a good is time. Such a lovely moment, yeah. He's getting his books, he's getting his robes, mm. he's getting ice cream and food, living at, at um oh fuck, what's the name of the hotel? The Billy Cauldron. Yeah. Yeah, that is really lovely. And he makes friends with Florian Fortescue. Mm-hmm. Who helps him with his homework. <laughs> who helps him with his homework. I love it. Yeah, so this book is just chock full of, like, the opposite of that, which is, like, long and meaningless bullshit that doesn't even warm your heart. No. (laughs) I mean, when will Harry trust Hermione? Because his his monologue in the beginning is, like, I have no idea what Hermione's like. I mean, like, he he goes along with it, but he's still like, what's Hermione doing? Hermione is doing whatever the fuck she wants. She's smarter than, like, ten of you. Yeah, just follow her. 
she gets steamrolled through this whole this whole ten chapter finale. Mm-hmm. And um, I did recently finish rereading um, Deathly Hallows mm-hmm. and Half Blood Prince, and I will say that. Order of the Phoenix Harry is the worst to me. Like I I can't relate. I don't like it. It's bad and it's sad and it's mm-hmm. bad. It's, but in the next two books, he gets much better, I think. It's supposedly like on purpose, you know, if JK was a good writer. Um, because Voldemort's messing with his mind, he's a lot more angsty and stuff. Allegedly, mm-hmm. that's like the main reason he's kind of a super asshole in this book, but he's not in the other six. Yeah. I think I would like him becoming an asshole in this book more if he had more of a personality in the four, first four books. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he's really changed. But now it's like, oh, he's gone from nothing to kind of mad. His personality is just like, wow, that situation sucks for my friend and or this stranger I met. Oh, well, I can't do anything. La da 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 da. myself. Yeah. Like when he gets thrown into the Triwizard Tournament, he's everyone's like, can't do anything. And Harry's like, okay, can't do anything. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. But he's he's just like generally not emotive at all. Mm. Like, and doesn't even feel feelings until he feels the most extreme of them. Rarely. Yeah. Like until he's like super angry or like there's some where he's super elated, I guess. But it's like so rare. Okay, let's. Okay, it's, I forgot that I started trying to do context. Okay, so the chapter. Oh my god, what is it? Like two chapters. Here's what happened last week and the week before on the restricted section. Harry, during his final owl in History of Magic, has a vision of Voldemort torturing Sirius Black in the Department of Mysteries. Mm-hmm. And so he abandons his standardized testing, which we applaud. Mm-hmm. And he. Starts immediately screaming about needing to go rescue Sirius Black. That's like the answer to him is that like, I'm going to go get him. This will go great. Yeah. (laughs) All his friends are like, no, no, no. And then when he won't be stopped, they're like, I guess we'll help you, which I wouldn't have. (laughs) I would have been like, sorry, dude. This is where Hermione brings out Persificus Totalis. And and she's like, yeah, sorry, Harry, you're uh, you're kind of. You're, you're you're on you're on the nice. You're you're going you're you're going to jail. Yeah, you're going to jail. Um, yeah, <laughs> but Hermione just really gets steamrollered, and so she she's afraid of Harry Potter's anger, which is upsetting to me. And she just says yes to him. She's like, yeah, yeah, what? Okay, yeah, we're doing it. Let's do it. And so they, yeah, sneak into Umbridge's office. Harry sticks his stupid little head in the fire, and. It, is like creature is serious here at Grimald Police and creatures like, as you know, I'm a loyal and honest and trustworthy servant and friend. Of to course, you. so you can believe me when I say he's not here and he's in the Department of Mysteries and he's gonna die there. <sighs> and so Harry's like da da da, and then Umbridge pulls him out of the fireplace because this is the second time in like two weeks he's tried the fireplace stunt, I think. Yes, yeah. (laughs) This is all last chapter. And so they're like, who are you trying to get in touch with? What are you doing? What's going on? Um, And so Hermione says that they were trying to tell Dumbledore that the weapon they were building for him is done. Hmm. But we already checked the leaky cauldron and the hogshead or whatever. Um, and then she says that the 
Weapon is in the Forbidden Forest, and Umbridge is like, let's go. And that's how the end of the last chapter ended. It's the fact that she falls for it. Like... So easily. Yeah. Yeah. So easily. She's like, sounds great. It's because she, she already... Like, she's been believing that already. That there was already... Yeah. That mm. Dumbledore was up to something. That these particular kids were, like, following him in making some sort of... Not, I don't know. I don't remember if she ever says weapon, but like definitely doing something against the ministry. So like she is so quick to believe it. Yeah, it's delusional, and it's like that sucks for you mm. that you don't. She doesn't have a realistic grasp of reality. She's just so dumb. Got that. You gotta have that realistic reality. She's just like floating. This whole chapter. Like, shows that, like, her whole life, or at least recent career, she's just floating on power. So, like, with with nothing obstructing her way, and she gets so comfortable with that that she just is so, she's just so stupid at this point. Yeah. 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 She thinks that her position really does protect her, and it doesn't. I mean, it protects you from, like, policies, not necessarily from, like angry centaurs you piss off right yeah when the chapter starts harry is just blindly following hermione in like across the grounds and into the forest Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like uh he's like running to keep up with her because he doesn't want to seem suspicious Mm. and trying to figure out what's happening (laughs) because he has no idea they have no wands they're totally improvising Mm -hmm. which i mean i again can't Wizards use wandless magic like they try and make it a big deal that they can't. But also before you get your Hogwarts acceptance letter or whatever, magic comes out of you in like random mm. bursts. Harry made like the glasses appear or his hair grow back before he found out he was a wizard. I'm like, yeah, sure. Wands probably help concentrate your magic. But I'm- that's what Ollivander literally says. He's like, he's like, a, a lot of things can help your magic. I'm like, you know what else would help your magic? If you're in what you consider danger. Yeah, like mortal danger. Well, yeah. Or like adjacent. Mortal adjacent. Mortal adjacent. Danger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Umbridge is like, she hesitates. <laughs> I'll give her credit. She hesitates for like one split second about going into the forest. But then her greed wins mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Good for her. Hmm. They're walking through the woods. Hermione's making a ton of noise, but she insists she's doing it on purpose. Hmm. Do y'all remember reading this for like the first time if you knew what was was happening or if you were just in like a free fall of shock? Much like Harry, I thought she was leading them towards Gwomp. Gwomp. Oh, Gwomp. That's what I thought too the first time I read it. Yeah. And like, that's what they did in the movie. Yeah. Oh, I think the movie's just, like, not clear. It's like, there's Grop and there's the fucking centaurs and everything's happening. Everything is going wrong. Let me (laughs) write. Well, so an arrow flies right in and narrowly misses Umbridge. It's Mm -hmm. like a warning shot. So I, when I was listening to the audiobook, um, when he said, oh, no, man, that's different. I went ahead. Sorry. (laughs) You're gonna bring it up again later. But I do, yeah, we'll bring it up later. But I do love in this part. Okay. As soon as the warning shot gets fired, and Harry looks over at Hermione, and she's wearing a triumphant smile. Like I just imagine <laughs> the most evil smile coming out of her, much like when she when she had Rita Skeeter in the um 
Oh my god. <laughs> like, yeah. The evil side pulling, of Hermione. Like, a Grinch smile. Yes, yes. And I just love that for her, honestly. Hermione's a bit of a Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like a like a minor not subplot, like a minor theme of the books that it's like, oh, just because you were placed in, you know, Gryffindor, for example, doesn't mean you have the qualities of other houses. Like, mm-hmm. we're I think that was like a big thing in Chamber of Secrets when Harry was like, I'm a Gryffindor. I can't be bad in any way. I can't be. I can't have Slytherin tendencies. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, bestie, this this is not like some definitive proof of your personality. He's divergent. <laughs> He's divergent. <laughs> it's the majority of your personality where you want to be brave and loyal and all that shit. But like you, you, you kind of th- stupid. Yeah, you're also kind of stupid. Yeah. Barging right in. So they're surrounded by like 50 centaurs. Mm-hmm. They're like, who is this bitch? She's like, I'm from the Ministry of Magic. Oh. And you need to be careful because there's laws about half breeds <laughs> like just you. just can't believe her. I mean, I can because like it's 2023 and racism is out of control right now. And there are people that just like say shit like that. Very real. Um, it's just yeah. so easy to pass laws being like, hey, you're a group of people that the government's already been shitting on. Let's shit on you more. Yeah, dude. Shit upon so you sick. further. Hmm. Yeah, so she's just like word vomiting. It is just like so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows how little she truly knows about anything. That she thinks that this is the way to get safe to get herself safely out of this situation. Yeah, that she thinks that the 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 people or the the beings that she's calling half breeds are gonna be like, oh, mm. there's a law about us us half breeds like not hurting you. I'm so sorry. sorry. We didn't know. Um, how silly of us. Like, <laughs> we'll just go. We'll just go. Just wild. It's just. It's so funny to me how. JK's setting up this vocal but minor subplot about how, hey, the other um the other citizens, creatures, however, whatever's the appropriate term, of the magical world are kind of getting tired of your racist shit. And like they're 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 gonna join Voldemort if we don't change the status quo. And then at the end of the series, they don't change the status quo. They're still yeah, racist yes. to like goblins and centaurs and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah. just a joke. Rolling does this thing where she's like, look, 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 an oppressed, an oppressed people. I mm-hmm. found them. Look, there they are. Isn't it sad that they're being oppressed? But then she doesn't do any work to do anything for them at all. <laughs> yeah, it's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. It's over when she says they have, quote, near human intelligence. They're like, mm. are you fucking kidding me? And like, <laughs> the audacity! I'm sorry for screaming. The audacity of this bitch! Near human intelligence to their face? Just, you say that to their face? That's That yeah. right there when is they're like pointing the, weapons That is the you? proof of dumb right there. That's the only word for it. Because like, <laughs> you literally cannot think that... There's no way that you can just think that anyone would not take that as an insult. Like It's just really funny to me how she starts stunning people. Like, the centaurs start rushing her, and she's like, I know what I'll do. I'll just stun them. Good old stupefy. I'm like, no, 
you, like I don't want you to, but you're you're like a villain. You don't give a shit. You were about to corrupt. You were about to uh, use Imperio on Harry in the last chapter or Crucio, I think. The Cruciatus yeah. curse, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, no, you're you're definitely gonna pull out a vodka Davra. Yeah. <sighs> she just basically takes no action that makes any no. sense. Mm. Um, and this she casts a spell. Oh, sorry. This Go is ahead. what I was going to talk about before the like sort of second warning shot, quote unquote, um, when it says an arrow flew so close to her head that it caught at her mousy hair in passing. And through the audiobook, even the second time I read it, uh, I mean, excuse me, listen to it. Um, I thought he said that it quartered her, her hair. And I was like, that's a weird way of saying like it cut off. Like, I thought it meant like a cut off, like three quarters of her a hair quarter of her hair it was so close <laughs> i was like damn that's crazy <laughs> umbridge cast a spell on magorian majorian what did the audiobook magorian say? i don't trust audiobook pronunciations really. no for sure but i magorian yeah. sounds good magorian. majorian sounds too much like margarine yeah. margarine margarine nah, you, you gotta look you gotta look magorian Magarian. <laughs> like Magarathea from um, it's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The legendary planet of Magarathea. Magarathea! Magarathea! Oh, yeah. nice. Or you can go, or you can go like Magorian. Magorian. <laughs> That's like very, like each one has, <laughs> each syllable has its time to shine. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to call him Magorian. Mm-hmm. So Umbridge casts a spell to tie him up with ropes, Wait, and that's bad. We're mm-hmm. missing the obvious joke. We can just say he's the Mandalorian. We can pretend he's Pedro Pascal. Oh, that's not bad. Mm, I like that. <laughs> tied up. Oh. <laughs> wink. wink. Oh, I mean, listen, Umbridge. I, okay. I said wink, but I didn't wink with my eyes. <laughs> there's, there's the rumored new adaptation of Harry Potter that's coming out apparently at some point in the future, boo. and boo, uh-huh. and I'm absolutely boo. sure. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. However, Hard I'm like, I, I'm putting in my bet. I'm putting like a 24% chance Pedro Pascal is going to get casted as something. I would hope he wouldn't. Yeah. I hope he understands his fan base enough to not do that. Yeah. I don't know. On one hand, money is money. If he wants to chase that bag, let him chase that bag. But on the other no, hand. No, he already has HBO money without doing Harry Potter money. I mean, but if he wants Harry Potter money, I'll be mad. Oh I'll be upset. <laughs> I'll be upset. Well, actually, I was understand. talking about this with some, I forget who I was talking to, to mm. but who would you ca- cast Pedro Pascal as in Harry Potter? <laughs> um, You know what? If he had, if he was bigger, I would have casted him as Hagrid. He gives off you know oh the, the, the loving father figure yeah type. i was thinking like oh if it was just God. like a street harry potter porno he would be a great hagrid <laughs> <laughs> wow. oh my God. but i guess realistically who's oh serious black he'd be a oh. great serious mm-hmm. black i think well see i think i would cast him i think as lupin because i think he could make lupin a more vivid character than he really gets to be in the mm. films mm-hmm but it's still like a pretty chill, like understated role. And Lupin you know does I mean? a lot just, of with a with a wild. Side. Lupin does like, a lot of daddy like, shit and doesn't really get mm-hmm. credit mm-hmm. for all the daddy shit he does. So, mm-hmm. well, and then he abandons his kid. So well, don't don't forget about that. V- very daddy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Went off to go get milk and almost didn't come back. 
Uh, well, sorry, son. It was a full moon. <laughs> so yeah, basically any of the Marauders except Peter Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. That's why I would cast Peter. Don't Pascal make as. him James. He's better than a James. Oh, okay. So it's either Loop, Loop, Lupin or Sirius. That's who I would Let's cast, cast him as. Let's cast him as Professor Sprout. I don't give a no. shit. He would be a great <laughs> Professor <laughs> Sprout. Can you imagine? He would be so He'd delicate be and careful and- with the with the plants. Ugh. <laughs> Y'all are giving me a new kink right now. Future <laughs> <laughs> Pascal Harry Potter. Actually, no, he wouldn't be because he de- a he definitely knows his fan base, and b his I believe his older sister is trans, so he oh, he, I didn't he know would that. definitely be like, oh wait, no, I can't. Yes, he's the middle child of two sisters. That explains everything about him. That does mm-hmm. explain that everything about him. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh my mm-hmm. god! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! He's so in touch with his emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. So the centaurs grab Umbridge and they trample her wand and they carry her mm-hmm. away. That's what happens. It's, <sighs> uh, I think Magorian specifically carries her away because it seems like most of the rest of the centaurs are remain. Mm-hmm. I've heard, had a lot of people tell me that this is like coded language for like they carried her off and raped her. Here's what yeah. I don't like about that, though. I, to me, there's like nothing that leads you to that fact other than, hey, what terrible things could they do to this woman? Here's the thing that a bunch of male presenting like creatures mm-hmm. could do to this woman. Like, I, I don't think that anything in the story leads you to that. I think it's like maybe what our brains are telling us. Okay. And I just want I want them to be a more noble, a more noble uh, creature than that. Okay. I forget where I read this or where I heard it, but I mean, the quote unquote, quote unquote payoff, I don't want to use that word, but that's the only word I can think of is later on. We, the, like the gang sees her recovering and I forget if it's in like St. Mungo's hospital or if it's in the school, it's the hospital's wing in the school. Yeah. Um, where she's definitely traumatized, and I believe she's saying something about hooves, if I remember correctly. I don't know, something like that. So she's she is traumatized. She's in bed, and Ron makes hoof noises at her to trigger her on purpose. Oh right. <laughs> Which yeah. is fucked up. Very fucked up on many levels. Uh, and I remember... But I don't... I don't know if that implies that there was like sexual assault though. Even if it it's doesn't. It's just like one reading. Like even if you can read it and, th- and be like, oh no, that doesn't equate that she was assaulted. Then that's, you know, whatever. You could you could just look at it as she was like scared and dragged around in the mud. That's all. And that that, that yeah. that's probably what JK's original intention maybe was if I'm giving her any leeway. But That's my preference personally. Yes. But <laughs> if it's actually that she intended it for be like to be in like an allegory like how she intended the werewolf thing to be an allegory of of gay men um which is terrible whatever honey um it's very bad obviously but also kind of lazy i want to say where you go like okay what is the worst thing that can happen to someone and you know assault up there definitely let me do that and you and like say it's a good thing that it happened to Umbridge because she's the villain. Yeah. yeah. And call it a day to that. And there's it's fucked. It's fucked on so many levels. Like there's there's no way like even if you look at it as like she was just dragged through the mud. 
okay, yeah, sure. She was dragged through the mud, but she was still experienced like trauma from that. And people make fun of her and it's sort of, it's still implied in the story. Like, oh, she deserves this. She was the villain. Yeah, it's just like if we're supposed to be the good guys, right? You know, like Harry oh. Potter is the good guy. Then like you you don't want bad stuff to even happen right. to bad people. It just logically, the way they've been talking, the way they talked to Hagrid, the way they talked about Ferenzi and what they would have done to him. Logically, they just mm. would have killed her. And I'm not saying yeah. that I want that yeah. to have happened. I'm just saying like. Like torture seems weird. Like what it it seems weird to me that that a, if, a race like this would torture her. What if they were hanging on to her because they've really been trying to talk to Dumbledore all year about this whole like giant in the forest thing <laughs> and they haven't been able to get a hold of him. So they're like, we're going to steal one of your teachers <sighs> and hang on to her and you'll have to come <sighs> get her. And then they're like, hey, man, Hagrid has this giant here. And Dumbledore's like, sorry, I'm a little behind on my to-do list. I'll go Got a lot of emails to get there. Here. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, Thanks he's, for this he, bitch. He's still seething over uh, who put Harry's name in the Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And they say he's still shouting about it to this very day. <laughs> yes. So the remaining centaurs turn to Harry and Hermione. And they're, like, talking about... Do we attack them? Because they're intruders, but then they're like, but we don't attack foals, <laughs> like innocent children. Mm. Hermione does a bad job. She fucks it up. <laughs> she really does. Hermione's like, we aren't like Umbridge. We're not bad people. We just brought them here to take advantage of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're like, what? <laughs> she had to, like, I know, I really like to think that this was just because she was in a scared place. And was for maybe the first time or incredibly rarely for her not thinking when she was speaking because she would have. It's hard for her. She always fucks up when she's emotional, dude. And Harry's been yelling at her for like a full afternoon. Yeah, it's been really stressful. She's really scared. And I think that's the only reason that she like, I think I think if she had thought about this for even a moment, she would have known that that was the wrong thing to say. Right. So the centaurs are definitely about to attack. When, da 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 da, enter Grob. Walks in like he's, he walks in like he's, I don't know if you ever watched wrestling or if you know about the atmosphere of like WWE. He just walks uh, in like his theme song's playing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know enough, I know enough about the vibes of wrestling to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They do it for comedians too. Right, Yeah. <laughs> Guap just walks in like, whoa, tough crowd. <laughs> he has escaped his bonds. He's a free man. He was physically bound. Yeah. He was being held prisoner. He was kidnapped. Yeah. As a, presumably as kid. a small child, he has been kidnapped. Like, not small. Okay. He walks, young child. A young yeah. person. Young. And he walks up being like, Hagger. Hermie, where Hagger? And I'm like, oh, that's poor, poor little baby. Poor and then the centaur shoot him. And I'm like, no, don't shoot him. He's sensitive. I I totally agree. I feel so bad for for Grop. It's like the characters. 
I think Rop and like Dobby are both the same kind of characters for me where like I hate them. I hate when they're present. It makes me so uncomfortable. And that's because they were horrifically executed characters. Yeah. But there are people who are being oppressed by wizards. And then it's like, but look at these ones who like us and support us. Mm. And it's just. Uh, I'm uncomfortable the whole time. Mm-hmm. Hermione's like, I don't know where Hagrid is. It's <laughs> it's pathetic. Um, he like bonks some centaurs. He's just big. He's confused. he bonks them. <laughs> I like that. That's exactly what he does. <laughs> yeah, it's this part is just so sad. It's just like a uh, not a comedy of errors, but a tragedy of errors. Um, tragedy of errors is great, and you know it's gonna happen the whole time. Like you know that no one like. The only one who could really try to explain to the centaurs that Grop doesn't mean what he's doing are Hermione and Harry. And, of course, they're not going to do that in this moment. They don't have the power or the time um, to do that. And so that's not going to happen. And the centaurs are going to defend themselves. Grop's going to defend himself or do something that doesn't make sense to everyone. It's just like, you know it's going to happen. It's a mess. Yeah. Hmm. And Hagrid did this to all of them. Yeah. Hagrid. And then left. Man, and all the centaurs, like, shoot arrows. They're, like, I think she says something there, like, 50 centaurs shoot arrows at Grop's face. It is his hand. Yeah. Or his face. And that yeah. he just, like, he it just, like, sucks. is bungling and, like, trying to swat them away. And he, like, breaks the arrows and it makes the heads of the arrows go deeper into his face. Oh. It's yeah. awful and blood splatters onto Harry and Hermione. Like I do not remember it being this violent in this moment. But and Harry's just like, God, oh, that's kind of annoying. <laughs> that's kind of annoying. Harry, Harry Potter, our our protagonist, you know, the, the good guy. That's unfortunate. This sucks. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, so the vibe is horrible here. Let's yeah. go. The vibes are horrible. Um I kind of don't like, so they like walk away and the like Ron, Ginny, Luna, Neville just show up. I'm like, <laughs> where the fuck did you yeah, come Yeah, the timing. From? Yes. I was, I was looking for it. I was like, where's the walking? Where's the walking? Yeah. They didn't follow them this deep into the forest. No. Yeah. The timing really doesn't make sense too, because I think it's Ron that says, oh yeah, we got away and then we saw you guys going into the forest. So as they were just starting to go into the forest, they saw them and were ready to follow them. Mm-hmm. Like they would have been right behind them the whole. Like there, a lot happened in that forest. It w- they would have been there way sooner. Yeah, yeah. I feel like these books just kind of don't know how the woods work. <laughs> Come on, like I like the distances kind of never add up. I feel like. yeah. The math and timing. is not mathing. The math ain't math. We have a bonus episode with that as the title, Robert. <laughs> I love it. It came out on Pi Day. It was about math and Harry Potter. Uh, it was infuriating. <laughs> uh, did you guys talk about the conversion rate of galleons yes. to sickles to nuts? Nuts. Yes. And yes, how it doesn't really did. make sense at all. Nothing makes sense in this. Do y'all, do y'all say Potter. nuts or canuts? Nuts. I just say nuts. I yeah. can't possibly with a K-N- yeah. Because apparently cunuts is like the proper way to say it. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You it. Made it doesn't this make any up. sense. Yeah, it's fake yeah. as hell. That makes sense. 
There's a pattern of other words that start with K-N. Yeah. And you like don't say the knife. K. Yeah, knife and knuckles. knuckles. Like you want a knuckle sandwich. You w- <laughs> Imagine. It's just always so funny to me because it's like, hey, let's go get food. And it's like, okay, the food will cost one galleon. I don't have one galleon, but I have like 100 and whatever nuts. Will you take that? <laughs> yes, I will. The conversion rate says so. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's nonsense. Yeah. It's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. There's also the word knave with a mm-hmm. K-N, you know? Knave. Like an old-timey word. Isn't that like naive? Isn't that what the word means? I don't think it does. I think it means uh, it's like a dude, isn't it? Like yeah. a knave mm-hmm. with a K. I think you're thinking of navet- navete or however the fuck you pronounce Naivete. that word. What is knave? Thank you, Mary. A knave, a dishonest or unscrupulous man. Oh. Mm. You knave. You knave. It's giving Shakespeare. <laughs> So, Ron, Hermione, Harry, Luna, Neville, Ginny are all arguing in the woods mm-hmm. <laughs> about who's coming to the Ministry of Magic. <laughs> and Harry's pulling his bullshit. He's like, I don't want anyone to, like, take on my problems. And I'm like, dude, you trained them for this. They remind him, like, you trained us for this. What was the you point of... yeah. <laughs> what was We've the point of Dumbledore's Army? <laughs> like, it's like, if you're going to go by yourself, what was the point of Dumbledore's Army? I'm like, just because you'd say it out loud doesn't mean this isn't, like, a lazy and not well-written part. <laughs> uh, Yeah. He just is so stupid (laughs) every at every turn harry potter is doing the stupidest thing i think until the next couple books make more sense to me but up until from the beginning of this series until now i'm like i'm not with you dude yeah so luna recommends flying to the ministry of magic on thestrals and everyone's being so annoying that harry's like fucking fine and that's (laughs) the end of the chapter (laughs) that's pretty much a good summary of it Oh, you missed the part where the Thestrals like the smell of blood and they come to <laughs> Hermione and Harry because they're covered in, in Gwomp's, Grop's blood. Gwomp yeah, and better, Luna's like, wow, they're coming <laughs> so fast. They must, you guys must really smell strong. So there must be a lot they of blood on them. Blood. Hmm. Gross. Which wouldn't make sense. Like, you should be able to see the blood on them. Yeah. Luna is saying it in like, a, oh, you guys must be covered in a lot of blood. Like she can't see them. Like <laughs> like they're not two feet in front of her. Mm, True. Well, maybe it's because their cloaks are all black. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Also, I guess they are. This, this is like late afternoon, early evening. The sun is like, so, like that's a big description of the next chapter. The sun's setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's, it's like their, the, their ride to the ministry takes several hours but like they start when the sun is starting to set so it's it, mm-hmm. it might be dark I'll, I'll give them that benefit okay twilight yeah twilight mm-hmm. i can see less good in twilight than i can in like pitch black mm-hmm. the half light yeah and the weird and the lights coming on i have an astigmatism so that's why i don't like that time because like the lights coming on me too. also mess with my so eyes let's get, if it's getting dark and they're in the forest you know trees mm-hmm. up covering the sky it, it would be even darker 
does nobody think to themselves, oh, wait, there's a spell for light. Does, is no one going to cast Lumos? They're all just chatting in the dark. Hmm. Good point. We're nitpicking at them, and they're doing everything so stupidly already. <laughs> True. They, they're really... Now, it's mainly, it's mainly Harry. And then everyone else, they can't stop him in time. So they're like, okay, if we can't stop him, we might as well join him. Because they, they do kind of want to get an adult to help. But Harry is yeah. panicking so badly. He's like, no, seriously, he's going to die if I don't get to the Ministry of Magic right now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay... Buddy, you're 15. Don't throw a fucking tantrum. But he loves to do that. Yeah. Mm. It's like deep. I feel like when I read these when I was a kid, I was like, whatever decision Harry made, I was like, yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, it it definitely gives you, especially reading this for the first time as a kid, it gives you the like, like savior hero vibes in a very big way. yeah. Yeah. So definitely reading it the first time, especially when you're younger. You're like, oh my god, yeah, good for you, Harry. You're not waiting for an it adult. Feels aspirational. Yes, it very much yeah. so. And then you get older, and you're like, it's Hermione ve- <laughs> really should have made all the decisions for everyone throughout all the books. It's very yeah. much the vibe when you watch like a Disney Channel movie, and the character is like, "Mom, I'm 13. I'm practically an adult." And when you're 13, you're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. she's an adult." And then you become an adult, and like, no, that's a child. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like to read Harry Potter mm-hmm. post uh <laughs> post 30. Yeah. So that's the end of the chapter. Robert, did you have any f- uh favorite or least favorite moments? Uh my favorite part was finishing the chapter because that meant I didn't have to read any more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. No, I totally get that Good feeling. For you. <laughs> Hmm. Mary, favorite part? Hmm. Oh, I love a very small part where they're walking into the woods and Umbridge is behind them with her wand saying like how they can be in front using them as a shield. And then at one part she trips on like the roots of a tree and they just keep (laughs) going. They do not help her in any way. (laughs) And I just love that that part's in there. That's yeah. good. That's see. That's the kind of you want her to walk through the woods. You want her to get spooked yeah. like Sleeping Beauty. No, the other one, um, Snow White. Mm. And you want her to run out oh of the god. woods again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can vividly just see like the nineteen thirty Disney movie Snow White just going like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're doing some tree gestures listeners you can't see <laughs> robert is doing tree gestures physical comedy is good for an audio in space <laughs> you didn't Obviously. even make a tree sound effect like <laughs> but no there, there's like that famous screen cap of of so being like oh yeah <laughs> very like 1935 like i'm alone in the woods <laughs> Very, very damsel in distress vibes. I mean, she yes. she was in distress. She was in a spooky, spooky, scary forest. Very distressed. <laughs> Here's my final thought about the chapter. I think it should have been broken in half and added on to the next chapter and added on to the last chapter because I don't think yeah. it deserved to be its own chapter. No, it was just a journey between chapters. It really should have yeah, just been short. yeah part of the other ones. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's do plugs. Robert, where can people find you on the internet? 
Oh geez. Okay. Here's here's my here's my laundry list. You ready? <clears throat> Just just to set it up a little bit. So after I finished the Harry Potter books, my sister was still into them. And I, one fateful day, found the Percy Jackson books, which is where my my fixation went. I forgot to say that Robert's wearing a Camp Half-Blood shirt right now. <laughs> it's I'm literally just wearing like my little my little like uh, persona's costume or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I run a Percy Jackson meme page that does memes for a bunch of different Percy Jackson podcasts. It's called that, uh, the damn meme page. Damn I forgot sp- to say that in your intro. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, it's spelled D A M. I also have, it's on Instagram. That's my main platform. Occasionally a shit post on Twitter. Don't ask me about the TikTok. That TikTok never gets updated anymore. <laughs> if you want to hear me in the podcast world, there is I'm one fifth of the co-hosting party of a uh, once upon a time rewatch podcast called Entering Storybrook. I am also half of a podcasting duo who is looking at the Disney original cartoon Kim Possible called That's a Sitch. I also just <laughs> recently started an Ozman verse podcast we're starting with the heartstopper comics it's called the truum grammar book club because that's the name of the school in the books that like just started i think by the time this episode comes out we'll get to our second episode that's fun yeah and that's, that's awesome it. that's it that's cool. all i do you <laughs> mean you just listed so many things and then said that's it <laughs> don't that's don't all. ask me when i go to sleep <laughs> What's something you've been watching or reading or listening to or playing recently you think the listeners of our pod would enjoy? Oh, geez. What have I been reading? I recently just finished, because I reread it again. It's such a good duology. Hank Green's uh, books that he wrote, the An Absolutely Remarkable Thing and A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor. They're... Very good sci-fi books, but they're also very good books about like, hey, the power of the internet is a lot and we as a society maybe can't handle it, but it's also about like aliens and stuff like that. So it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good duology if you ever have the time to read it. That sounds cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for the wreck. Mary, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at, what is it? Just Crook MP? yeah on instagram. on instagram that's really the only place and it's not that exciting but there i am i'm there you can listen to her dulcet tones on how do i book by wildling press which yes. is our other podcast yes that's what really matters to me and that's the fun one and that's where i do a lot more work and we put out a lot more stuff than on my instagram Some cool so. interviews this spring yeah i'm very excited yeah. yeah and what have you been up to recently my plugs so I did finish, it's been a few months, uh, I'm, okay, I'm like between books now, but the last one that I finished that I really loved was um, Yellow Wife by Sadiqa Johnson, and she's a local author in Virginia. I don't remember if she's specifically from Richmond, but definitely local to Virginia where I live. She, this was her, I think, first novel, Yellow Wife, and it is about, it's historical fiction about the infamously brutal like one of the most brutal slave jails um that existed in richmond which is a history surprise surprise that as a white person i didn't really learn much about when i was younger mm-hmm. and the book is very like it's very difficult to read but beautiful and i think anyone especially 
historical anyone who likes historical fiction, but anyone who lives in Richmond, especially the white people in Richmond, should read it um, because that's a history that we certainly, I think, most people didn't get. Um, but really beautifully written, and that author is getting a lot of attention lately um, from like I think she's I think her other book is like Reese's Book Club or something like that. Um, nice. The House of Eve is her more recent book, so she's she's an excellent author, and she's getting a lot of um, deserved attention now. But highly recommend. Nice. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for the recommendation. Yeah. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. Um, and I've been lately, I've been reading what's it's 20,000 leagues under the sea. How's it right? going? That's how many yeah. leagues it A is. Classic. Nice. By Jules Verne. And I haven't gotten that far into it yet, but it, it is like the kind of I really enjoyed those. Like, um, I'm thinking of. Pride and Prejudice, where it has like the such a like an old fashioned loquacious way mm. of speaking, but when you get to the end, you're like, ah, that was a good joke. <laughs> nice. How many leagues have they reached so far? They have reached zero leagues so far. Oh, not that title. far. <laughs> not that title. far. I'll keep you updated. I really haven't gotten that far, but I'm having a great time. So that's all I have to plug. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me I'm happy to have you as a new friend. I always like making friends. It's so weird. I've made all my friends in the past few years by podcasting. Yep. If you told... I feel you. And I only really got into it because of the pandemic. So if if you told like 2019 me, hey, you're going to make a bunch of friends. Cool. Through podcasting. Huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well... I am very happy. So everyone go check out all of Robert's stuff because it's all great. And I'm excited to have you back on the show for what's the next book? Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. I I definitely have a couple of chapters I would like to try and claim. Yay. Yeah. You should shoot me a message. Yeah. Hell yeah. And Mary Payton, as always, thanks for being here. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And that's the end of the episode. That's it, Podheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Do you love to be super scared? Do you enjoy listening to hilarious hot takes on timeless classics? Well, fear not, listeners. I'm here! Welcome to the Super Scary Podcast, where we cover everything from the supernatural to the superpowered. I'm your host, Josh, a scaredy cat nerd who enjoys superhero sci fi and horror movies way too much. Whether I'm processing my trauma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or reminiscing on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus, my guests and I have a hilarious time going through our favorite and sometimes not so favorite moments. 
I'm your friend till the end, listeners, because everyone's entitled to one super scary podcast. We post weekly episodes on Mondays, and you can find us at Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. See you in the afterlife, listeners. We're having a classic restricted section mix-up. Dave X Media.